So on our last show, we talked about various companies and products that earned one of our Tech Turkey Awards, where there were some doozies. Now it's time to talk about what are, in our opinion, the top products or innovations in 2020. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and this is Jason Squared. And here are five products that stood out to us this year. So let's go in order from fifth to first. Jason, I think, is a good place to start. And uh, let's start with number five. What, what do we have? So, you know, Wi-Fi 6 is, yeah. in my opinion, uh, you know, it, it, like like you, I, I believe that you said you know, not everybody can take advantage of it this year, but sure. it, it, it is probably the, one of the most important technologies that we can get uh, for wireless over the next couple of years. Um, you know, 5G is something that I think that is, you know, is not going to be heavily deployed everywhere. Not everybody's going to be able to take advantage of it first. But Wi-Fi 6 is something that you can take advantage if you just have the proper uh, router hardware. Uh, and so many, um, so many devices that are in the, the wild right now already support um, Wi-Fi 6 or uh, the new authentication mechanism of WPA3. Now... Uh, the speed of Wi-Fi 6, which is also referred to as 802.11ax, right. is not the only major advancements of this new high-speed wireless networking standard. Yes, it's considerably faster. Yes, you can get you know 650 megabits plus you know on it if you have you know end-to-end you know not, nothing in bottlenecking restricting it. But it's the security, which is this WPA3 which is a requirement of all Wi-Fi 6 equipment if they happen to be certified. Now, WPA3 is a major improvement over the WPA2 and current routers because it uses a new updated authentication mechanism, which is known as SAE, or Simultaneous Authentication of Equals, to replace what we had before, which was called PSKR, or Pre-Shared Key. Uh, and it's a much more ex- uh, secure method of exchanging these keys that you need because it makes it much, much harder for the attacker to record that encrypted transmission, such what we call a handshaking session, and then to you know to record what's happening, encrypt even though it's encrypted, then to play it back and then try to crack it. You can't do that with with WPA3. So that's a major, major improvement in terms of security. Uh, now there are some existing Wi-Fi. 5 or 802.11ac routers that will support this authentication mechanism experimentally. So if you see it in your, in, you know, if you update your firmware and you see that it's there, turn it on because if you've got an iOS 13, 14 device, if you've got an, an Android 10 or, or later device, or even if you have, um, you know, Windows 10 2004, which was, I think was the fall update or something, you can turn that on and you have a much more secure end-to-end connection between yourself and your wireless equipment. So it's definitely worth uh, it's definitely worth that at the very least as far as uh, security improvements. Yeah. So you kind of nerded out again there, right? You did yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it's, it, it's a super nerdy thing to, to have as, a, as a, to win an award. To be perfectly frank, but it's, I think it's important. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it is. But there's two aspects kind of what you were talking about there. There's two aspects that regular users will need to have in order to take advantage of it. And that is a new wireless system that supports Wi-Fi 6. And then also a client like an iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 supports Wi-Fi 6. Uh, The Galaxy S20 supported an offshoot of Wi-Fi 6, I think called Wi-Fi 6E or something like that. There's, There's two different flavors, kind of like 5G, it gets a little confusing. But, so you need to have both devices. Now, is it worth going out and upgrading your home Wi-Fi 
uh, system just to get Wi-Fi 6? Probably not right now because odds are the majority of stuff in your home will not support it. Yeah. Uh, so something like Google's uh, Nest Wi-Fi system does support WPA3. It has for the last year experimentally, like you said. So you can turn that on to get the little bit of extra security. But so for me, I was always like, yeah, Wi-Fi 6, whatever, increased speeds, you know, whatever. Right. So then Lynx has sent me their VELOP system, their new mesh system uh, about a month ago now. And I've been testing it. And holy cow, it, it completely changed my home network just from both speed and reliability standpoint. You know, normally when I test this mesh system, I ask that company send me four access points because that's what's required to cover my home and get good coverage uh, everywhere. Linksys insisted they could pull it off with three this time and they were able to do it. I seriously have had zero issues with, you know, buffering and bandwidth issues or anything like that. My The handoff is seamless and the speeds have been incredible. I, I The first speed test I ran on an iPhone 12 after setting up this new system on Wi-Fi 6 was 725 megs. No kidding. Like that. Really? Yeah, I'm, looking, just, I'm looking forward to that because I, I, I have an access point coming for, for Wi-Fi 6 I'm, I'm, and I cannot wait. To, yeah, to, it, it just I, it, it blew my mind. I I expected maybe two, three hundred. You know, I have a gig connection from Comcast, right? And so the most I had seen on Nest Wi-Fi was two or three hundred, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm up at seven hundred, and it just was wow. You know, it was crazy. So Wi-Fi six, not something that's huge today, not something a lot of people can take advantage of today, but it's laying the groundwork for the future. If you go into upgrading your home Wi-Fi setup. Buy a Wi-Fi 6 system to future-proof yourself. I honestly, Jason, just want it for security, just so that I can set up a VLAN uh, for for Wi-Fi 6, a Wi-Fi 6 transmitter and a network, just so I can I can use my work equipment and work and work you know devices on this, completely segregated from all my IoT and other junk, go right onto the internet, not even touch my home network, and and just so not have to worry about you know my work stuff getting intercepted or, or, or anything like that. So I, I think that as we start to work from home, we're going to need more secure solutions. And we're going to talk about that in the future. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So the VELOP system, I don't think it has any of that stuff now, but a, an update coming soon, I believe, is going to add Apple's HomeKit Secure. Now, I don't remember the exact name for it, but basically it segregates all the IoT stuff on your network and allows you to say, this one can talk to the other stuff on my network, or no, this one can only yep. talk to the talk to Apple HomeKit and everything has to be routed through that. And that's Apple's specific stuff, but there's other ways to go, and go about doing that. And like you said, we're going to have a show coming up on that very soon. So let's go to number four. And this one, honestly, is a little bit of a surprise. You and I went back and forth on yeah. it. And it's the Galaxy Z Fold 2. And look, Samsung got off to a really rocky start with its foldable display products. The original Fold was literally pulled off shelves in stock rooms across the country yep. four days before launch. After issues were discovered, it was delayed several months. I wrote a column saying they should just cancel it, go back to the drawing board, and release a product when it was ready. They proved me wrong. They released the original one. It didn't have many flaws. There were some usability issues, but as far as the reliability and the technology of a foldable display, it worked. Now with the Z Fold 2, they've gone even bigger with the displays. They have uh, improved it tremendously. And, you know, it's a very, very impressive uh, product in an, its own right. And, you know, they fixed a lot of those issues. And I think overall, foldable smartphones are the future. 
and Samsung definitely is leading the way right now. So, Jason, I, I'm not a folding phone user yet because these things are just they're just too damned expensive right now. Yeah, right? No, I mean, they what are. do these things they're cost? Pricey. Like, you know, like almost two thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, the for, full for certain month. two, I think it's two grand, something like that. Yeah, I, 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 to be clear, I don't have one. I just think it's amazing tech, and you know, it's it's innovation. No question. So I, I think Samsung is making some very important innovations in the space, and it looks like they managed to address most of the issues from the previous model. Uh, you know, yeah. including any performance and any usability compromises they had, any you know things having to do with reliability of the of the of the fold mechanism and and, and what and what have you. So they're making real progress, and they should absolutely be recognized for that. But it's going to take me a couple of years before these things get to be only to be you know a twenty percent premium or something like that over existing non-foldable right. technology for me to really to really consider one. Yeah, I think uh, ZDNet's Matthew Miller is still using one. He's the other mobile contributor we have. And I think he's still using one as his daily phone. The last I, wow. I talked to him or, or saw him posted on Twitter. It, so, look, and, and Matt goes back and forth on phones quite a bit. And last year he had the Fold and he sold it within a couple of weeks. You know, he was impressed with it, but wasn't quite there. And it's been a few months now that he's had the Fold too. So right, that right there should tell you, you know, it, they did it right. The sweeping mechanism, to your point, in the hinge gets rid of yep. all that dust and debris. There's a lot of small, tiny innovations uh, they're doing in the public eye that, you know, it, it has gone a long way. So for that, it's number four on our list. Now, number three is near and dear to your heart. And it was a huge surprise to me as far as a product this year. And that is Google's new Chromecast with Google TV. Let's hear it. Yeah, look, to... To be honest, you know, I was skeptical that Google was going to be able to release a decent streaming set-top box, yeah. especially if you look at how strong Roku, you know, Amazon, and even Apple, you know, is is in that space. I I, I wanted not to like it, okay. But not only did I like it, okay, yeah. I liked it even better than Amazon's comparable offering this year, which you know their Fire their Fire Stick their upgraded Fire Stick which was slower, it had less memory, it, it just didn't have slick an interface. So now I'm using it as my only streaming box in my living room. Now, the only downside right now to that uh, is Apple TV support, but at some point I suspect that's probably gonna be addressed. Um, the, the product is an excellent value. I mean, $50. Yeah, 50 bucks, man. For that's... what it is with the remote. If you're looking for a streaming device that supports all, just about all the major services, um, and I discovered that you can even pair it with Bluetooth devices such as headphones, so you do you know you don't wake up your family late at night you know when you're you're binging Doom Patrol or, or something you know <laughs> so it, it it it's a great you know it's a fantastic streaming device it does practically everything and connects to everything you could possibly want um, you know it's got an app store so like you know you can watch stuff like Masterclass like we were last night which is an app um, you know it's 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 a fantastic little you know thing dongle Thing that connects to your TV and it provides, you know, fantastic uh, uh, Dolby surround sound support as well. If you have, you know, an audio system that supports it. Yeah, when when Google reached out to me before the launch and said, "Hey, we," you know, there was rumors going around that there was this new Chromecast device and they were rolling out a new Google TV product that was running on top of Android TV. I was 100% skeptical. Look, Android yeah. TV is bad. I, I've reviewed it over the years. It, I've used it. Every previous attempt that they've made to try to do this has been a total failure. It was so. horrible. It still is horrible. Android TV has a...
Apple is horrible. Yeah. That, that's just the bottom line. So when I started using the new Chromecast with the remote and an interface that was actually easy to use, easy to understand, it, it you know, it, they nailed it. it and they very much earned a spot on our list this year because look, they've given us a lot of attempts, like you, you said, and, and this year they actually pulled it off and at 50 bucks, that's, that's an easy decision to make. You're paying a hundred dollars for a Roku ultra that maybe is a little bit faster, but you're getting the same performance out of like picture quality wise out of the Chromecast for half the price. So while I don't use the Chromecast with Google TV, which is the full name, yeah ridiculous in and of its own right but uh i don't use it every day we use roku mostly here but uh it's a great product definitely earned a number three spot so number two uh this one i don't know if we should be surprised or not uh you know apple's done a lot it's the iphone 12 pro max camera uh or just the 12 pro camera as well they've done a lot of work with cameras over the last couple of years but it kind of feels like the pro max not is just a step forward, but it, it's a leap forward, it, at least in my experience. I took it out a few weeks ago when I was reviewing it, took some pictures for Christmas cards uh, of my kids. And I, I honestly don't think I'll ever go out with my fancy camera again, just because it was far too easy to capture really high quality photos directly on my phone. It just, I, I don't know what else to say. It, it is truly an impressive camera. <laughs> that's uh i know very descriptive but you know samsung and google used to uh kind of keep up with apple if not beat them google for a long time with its pixel line was considered to have the best camera on a smartphone and that's simply not true anymore look you know apple has been ahead of the game with its iphone camera since last year's 11 pro max and even the 11 uh and they completely blew away anything Samsung or Google had. Um, the only vendor they were on par with or possibly even behind was Huawei. And frankly, you know, they're not even in the picture yeah. in the North American market or most of the world right now. So it, it's safe to say if, if you are someone where photography is, you know, paramount for you in a mobile device, uh, the iPhone 12 Pro Max is really your logical choice. Um, yep. You know, what the company is doing right now uh, with its microprocessors and the machine learning and, uh, you know, computational photography stuff uh, is absolutely astounding. I, I, I cannot uh, overexpress this, which brings us to number one, right? Yep. Apple Silicon and the M1 chip, which I think took everybody by surprise. Yeah. This year. It took me by surprise. Look, we knew this was coming. They announced it back in June. There were rumors leading up to that that it was coming. Timing was unknown. But when they announced it in June, they said by the end of the year, we'll release our first Macs with our very own Apple Silicon ARM-based processors. We're going to do it. We're ready to take that leap. And there was questions going into it about app compatibility and performance. Well, I mean, we knew performance would be good, if not better than most Intel products. Uh, I'll go ahead and name their competitor that they refuse to name in every promotion that they've done about M1. But what we weren't sure on was how well are apps going to work? What's it going to be like to use iPad apps and iPhone apps on it? And, you know, all these other issues. And as I said in my MacBook Pro review, I look, they nailed it. it the performance is incredible. 
the uh, app compatibility is not for the most part an issue. Now there are some higher end apps that, you know, especially from Adobe that have some of their own issues, but for the everyday apps that I use, even the minor yeah. apps that I know will never be converted from Intel to ARM, you know, using their Rosetta 2 translation uh, setup, it's seamless. To a user who doesn't know any better, the entire process is completely seamless. Using the Surface Pro X, which I have one sitting on my desk right now, which is Microsoft's ARM-based Windows 10 computer that runs Qualcomm's, I have the SQ2 model on my desk, right. so it's a little bit faster than the SQ1. I have app compatibility issues through and through. It doesn't support 64-bit apps. That's supposed to launch in beta sometime. It was supposed to launch in November. It didn't happen. So it just Apple did it, it, did it all privately. Microsoft is doing it publicly in, in beta. But when Apple launched on day one, it was ready to go. And there are very few issues that I expected, you know. So, Jason, I, I, I don't know where to ha begin with how astounded I am by this thing. Uh, I, I hate to start playing Apple word buzzword bingo, but the <laughs> chip is, I mean, it is astounding and magical. Right, well, every word they used to describe it in those presentations, that, that I, it's a hundred percent true. Um, Cupertino really put in a tremendous amount of, of resources into they this, did. and they were able to. I mean, I mean, look, they, it was a ten-year project to be. I mean, and this is not like it happened suddenly overnight in two years. This was a massive, you know, Manhattan Project kind of effort that yeah. took a decade to get us to this place. Um, they were able to take a processor architecture that was once really only reserved for low power and mobile devices and smartphone types of, you know, application workloads and transform it into the future of desktop computing. Now, everyone in this industry takes, needs to take notice of this because, we're, because what we all thought would take a very long time before ARM chips were on parity with Intel. Um, you know, we, what we've seen with this hybrid, you know, SOC, you know, system on a chip architecture, you know, large processors, little processors and, and, and machine learning and, and specialized GPU circuitry from Apple built into one chip is that it's much more optimized for modern workloads. It's much more efficient with memory use and power use. And it can not only run apps just as fast as an Intel chip, but yeah. it can run them even faster depending on what the they charts. are and how the code is built. Yeah. So, and, and if you look at like the open source machine learning benchmarks on this chip, right, using, you know, TensorFlow, which is, which is a machine learning uh, programmatic library that was developed by Google. It went into open source. Um, that is off the scale, those benchmarks. I mean, I mean you know, they're, they're, it's rivaling what supercomputer processors, you know, on the cloud can do. And even, you know, ARM Windows, when it's virtualized and emulated, you know, runs faster than what Microsoft's own Surface Pro X can do, you know, with the SQ2 chip. Now, yeah. hopefully uh, this success of the M1 uh, encourages processor designers like NVIDIA, you know, who now owns ARM, uh, to create other ARM-based processors that are licensable and, 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 and usable on PCs. Um, and potentially, you know, in the future, there are other also other risk type designs uh t such as open power and risk five which are open source um and they paved the way for future non-intel chips in the data center or even the desktop and maybe intel will start to take notice of risk instructions 
and risk architectures as a uh, as something that's legitimate for them, right? Because I, it's clear at this point, x86 is it's showing its age, you know, sure. and and, and it's it's time that we start looking forward uh, as to what to replace that with. Yeah, I, I like you said, it it's hard to understate just how big of a job it was for Apple to pull this off, and the fact that they were able to do it at launch, it, it just I think your word was astounding, and it truly is astounding. Do you have any other honorable mention products? I can't think of any. I was trying to come up with one last night uh, when I was going over show notes, and I, I just, there was a lot of a lot of good stuff this year. But I think we pretty much encapsulated the year as a whole with these five. But what do you think? Not off the top of my head, nothing really sort of jumped out at me and said, "Hey, this is you know this is awesome." And, and I mean, you know, like obviously, you know, we look at things like. Um, maybe the, the, the iPad Air, I think, you know, because it was such a late edition. Um, it's a, it's for, for, for someone who's looking for that higher end tablet, the value for, for dollar is, is very much there. At this point, I'm wondering, like, when do we, why do we even need an iPad Pro unless you have, want that super high frequency screen? And within a year, they'll be able to get those high frequency screens, you know, down to on every single product. So I don't understand why, unless unless iPad Pro is getting an M1 next year, I, I see no reason why we, we need iPad Pro anymore when we have, you know, an iPad Air for like half the price. Well, what we need no is an iPad Pro running Mac OS Big Sur. That, I, just take my money, Jason. Take <laughs> well, my money. I'll take it. I'll gladly take it. I'll tell you where to send it when we're done recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we we had some good stuff this year. We have plenty to look forward to next year, and I'm sure we'll have a show on that coming up here soon. I think that's a good place to stop, Perlo. I'm Jason Cipriani, and I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason Squared. If you have a product that you think should have been on the list, make sure to leave us a comment. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.